In this episode, we have a special guest, Kevin Hop. He's the founder of Hop Consulting Group and the host of Hop on Calls. Kevin will be sharing about the challenges of tech and sales and the importance of dedication as he takes us through his journey as a cashier at Dick's Sporting Goods to becoming a successful account executive and now a coach and trainer for SDRs. Let's get right into it. Here's our host, Colin Mitchell. Very excited to have my good friend, uh, Kevin Hop back on the show. Kevin, I don't know, this must be like your third, third-ish time on the show, I'd imagine, but uh, we're going to get into a little bit of Kevin's background, and we're going to talk about some exciting things. If you don't know Kevin, he is the founder of Hop Consulting Group, uh, also has his own show called Hop on Calls, and does a lot of exciting stuff in the space around outbound and specifically around cold calling. Um, Kevin, welcome to the show for the third time. Call my man. Thank you so much for having me today. I really do appreciate it. Uh, longtime listener, third time caller, <laughs> not first time here, but uh, I haven't been on in like probably over a year. So really excited to, to di- dig in today. See what we can share with the audience because I've had a very um, interesting time of it so far in sales. Yeah. I mean, it's with the launch of the third season of the show now, we're going back and, you know, getting some of the most you know downloaded episodes of guests that uh, people obviously enjoyed the most, bringing them back on the show, which is why you're here today. And so just give people um, a little bit of background, just kind of like where you started, how you got into sales, and then how you went through, you know, sort of the transition of, um, you know, from being in sales, and then we're going to get into kind of, you know, some of the roles that you had to then now being an entrepreneur founder yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start at the very beginning. Uh, my first job, I was a cashier at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, which Dick's doesn't exist anymore. Or uh, it was Chick Sporting oh, Goods. Okay. Literally, Chick Sporting Goods got bought out by Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, there's a lo- there's a joke in there, but this isn't a, a, an adult show where we're not going to make little kid jokes. But that was where my first job was. Fast forward to when I graduated from college, I uh, was the first hire at a startup. That was my first job out of college, my first like real career job. And being the first hire at a startup, you do anything and everything. Well, you know, that startup, like 99% of startups did not work out. And in a year and a half, I had to sit down and say, all right, what do I do next? Turns out that if you have an aptitude for talking to people and you're not scared to ask for money, sales might be a really good lucrative path for you. So I I became an SDR. Uh, From there, within six months, I was promoted to become an account executive. I was a top producing SDR. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later because it is kind of ironic that that's what I do today is I, I coach and train SDRs to do things a bit differently than the way that I did it. But at the same time, there's a lot of synergy there. Um, I, I had a, a, a variety of sales roles in the first five years of my career, changing jobs about once a year, either from a layoff or finding a better opportunity. I, my salary went up about, uh, what, almost 100 uh, 200%, 200% in about four years. Um, but I had the same problem everywhere I went, right? The same problem as a seller everywhere I went. And that was pipeline, 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 pipeline. Congratulations, Kevin. I finally got to become a senior account executive uh, about four years into my career. And they said, congratulations. Here's your territory. Here's your laptop. Here's your fancy badge to get in the building. Go generate some pipeline. So that is... Uh, that is my uh, my villain story that led me to, to becoming who I am today. It's having a pipeline problem 
turned me into a pipeline freak. So (laughs) one way to look at it. I have a few questions to unpack a few things there in your story. Um, First thing I think Mm -hmm. probably listeners are super curious to know is getting promoted from SDR to AE in six months in your first SDR role. Uh, Mm -hmm. How did you make that happen? What are some key things that you think contributed to your success uh, in that path? Yeah, great question. Uh, I was super, super motivated. Uh, That means that I did not just do one thing. I did not just do what my manager told me to do. I came in every day and like went at it. Um, It was an in the office job, which, you know, a lot of sellers today might be saying, what's an office? What do you mean an office? You mean you had to like show up every day by a certain time and you couldn't leave until a certain time because you know, your boss is there in the corner of the room looking at you. Yeah, it was that kind of job. That's such an inconvenience uh, for folks today, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was inconvenient back then, trust me. But I mean, we were, I was young. I was like, what, 23, 20, yeah, 23, 24. And uh, me and the other SDRs would carpool, you know? we Parking downtown San Diego was like 200 bucks a month. And, we, you know, our base salary was like 40K. We could barely afford you know, rent. So we would carpool, one of us would pay for parking. We'd all jump in the car every morning. And if you missed the car, you had to take an Uber and that was expensive. So, uh, it was a good routine, but what, uh, I, what led me to getting promoted within six months was being really dedicated to the job and blowing out my quota, (laughs) right? Like people talk about all sorts of stuff on LinkedIn and I see it all the time around like, take time for your mental health and, you know, uh, you get really good at this and do social selling and da, 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 da. Look at the end of the day, you can't get around being really good at your job as the best way to succeed. You want to succeed, be really, really good at what you're supposed to be doing and blow out your quota as sellers. If you blow out your quota, 99% of the time that will lead to really, really good things for you. Right. And now I understand there might be people thinking like, well, I blew out my quota and they changed the quota. Nah, that's kind of how it works too, unfortunately. Uh, but that's how I got promoted was I blew out my quota. Yeah. I think that, uh, the, 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 the thing that's interesting about a lot of people today is like, generally I think sellers have gotten soft. I mean, oh, I yeah. mean not hitting your quota, is kind of the norm now and seems to be pretty much okay and acceptable in a lot of sales organizations. Um, it actually blew my mind when I was talking with Andy Paul, like, you know, when he got started in sales, like you had to close at like a 70, 80% of your deals. If you were closing at a 50, 80%. if you were closing 50% of your job, there was a really good chance. If you were closing at 50% of your deals at your job, there was a very good chance you would be without a job soon. And it seems like today, most organizations are okay with closing 20 or 30%. If they think if they're closing 30%, they think they're doing fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, all right. So there's a few things to say about this, right? Like the first thing is the sale, the sellers of today are not working their daddy's sales jobs. Okay. What do I mean by that? I mean, getting in touch with people and finding accurate contact information for people and then telling them something they've never heard before or educating them all every piece of the value chain of sales development and outbound sales is so much harder today than it was five, 10, 15 years ago, because now it's so easy for a seller to load up, rip a list out of zoom info, throw it into a sequencing tool and hit go and send 2000 emails in five seconds. And with all of that inundation of automation and AI coming in, 
the amount of outreaches people are getting is just through the roof. And finding accurate con contact information for people is really, really difficult because people are constantly leaving, quitting their jobs. We've got a recession. We've got a, we have the pandemic. we had all this stuff, right? So it is not the same thing. And when you say sellers are going soft, I tend to agree. And it's because the people that are leading them, you know, the, the you know, white-haired types, the older folks that are the VPs and the CROs, they think that the world is the same as it was, you know, when they were a seller. Well, oh, yeah, I had done in Bradstreet and uh, my list on my, you know, clipboard and I'd call John and call Steve and call Bob and Bob would pick up, you know? And it was like really high pickup rates on the phone and people responded to emails and, you know, information was not as accessible to buyers. Now information is ubiquitous, right? How many times is a seller actually educating a buyer anymore, right? Buyers are doing so much self-education. There's so much content out there. It's also selling all this stuff. So it's just a very different selling environment is what I would say. I think, I think I agree with that mostly, but then there's the argument of like, okay, with technology and data so accessible, shouldn't it be a little easier? I mean, it's easier to look productive. Ah, it's easier to do activity. That's a good point. Right? That's a good point. It's easier. Activity metrics are easier than ever to hit, right? I can I can crank numbers all day and emails sent and calls made and all that, right? Like because technology makes that really easy. Um, but how many actual live conversations are people having, and are they focusing on getting good at having those business conversations? No, that is what they're not focusing on. That it, it's a good point because the thing is, is the example of you, you know. Give, giving there before previously how, you know, you know, your conversation ratio would be a lot higher because there wasn't as many people getting information, not as many people calling and so on. Um, it's still possible with the right strategy, the right data, the right tool set, you know, to have that many business conversations. But a lot of sales organizations lack a lot of that stuff. So what, what I want to talk about is a little bit of, okay, so your transition, you know, from in those roles to then, you know, how long has it been now as, you know, entrepreneur and what has that been like? What are the same things, what are some things that you're maybe proud of that you've done in that time? What are some things that have been a little bit challenging? For sure. So I've uh, spent about as much time now, five years as an entrepreneur as I, as I did a quota carrying sales rep. So coming on the 10th year of my career here, um, in the five years, I've made pretty much every dollar through Hop Consulting Group, but I did have some times when I would full-time dedicate myself to a venture, right? Trying to start up companies, trying to start partnerships, trying to start different things. Um, it's been quite the adventure, right? The whole time I've been focused on outbound sales, mostly on cold calling. One of the first, the, the first thing I did in the first two years of really starting consulting was one, make cold calls for money, which is a hustle. If that's what you do all day, every day. And then I taught people how to cold call and manage cold callers and manage an outbound as a service business. Uh, very similar to Ledium, uh, competitive to Ledium <laughs> back in the day. Uh, but I did that for, for a while and that was a really, really good experience. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Learned a lot. Uh, most recently, I, I tried out a partnership business and learned that partnerships are really tough. Uh, but I am back to, to being on my own here. I have a few different clients. I got my show. Uh, and yeah, that's what I'm doing today. Yeah. The one thing I would say is consistent in your story, even just from like 
as Kevin the seller and as Kevin the entrepreneur is you're a pretty resilient dude. I mean, you don't give up easily. <laughs> like even after, no. you know, yeah. getting laid off many times, you know, getting in unfortunate mm-hmm. situations and jobs, even though you're showing up kicking ass and doing your job. Um, and then yep. having many iterations of what hop consulting does when at a lot of points it could be uh, early on, it could be easy to say, dude, sales ain't for me. This is too much or even entrepreneurship, many um, opportunities where you could also throw your hands up and say, yeah, I could just go get a sales leadership job and, you know, yeah, sit behind a dashboard. And, and I've done and, that. So, so I, I, I think it's really important that I tell this story, right? Last summer, last summer, uh, when was it? Probably a year ago, right around July, August of 22, I hit a low point in my hop consulting group time where I had a bunch of deals. I had, I had a long consulting engagement that was paying me a lot of money that came to an end, came to a natural end, a six month deal. And then I had like three or four deals out there. Well, that was the first time about a year ago that CNN talked about a recession coming. And it was like the first, you know, drop in LinkedIn, you know, VC land of this, oh my God, there's going to be a recession. What? And all four of the deals in my pipeline fell out at the exact same time. As in, they all said, hey, we're not going to move forward. Da, 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 da. So I had, a, I had a month, a month and a half there where I had no work. And I was like, WTF. I had never seen that. I just had, it hadn't been a thing, right? COVID was kind of a boom for the tech world. So I was drowning in work for a long time. And then it all came to a screeching halt. So what did I do? I went and interviewed for a few jobs, right? And I think this is a really important story to tell because I went and interviewed at three different companies, right? For three different sales management positions. I got really far down the road with two of them and I backed out because more consulting work popped up and I decided that I wanted to lean into the consulting world still. I, I, there was a work-life balance thing about consulting that is badass. Being your own boss is badass. But that also means that you're responsible for bringing home the bacon, bringing home all the, all the deals. So all three of those companies within six months had hired somebody and then all three of them did major layoffs and fired, laid off the person that would have been me and their whole team, like whole teams of people gone, 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 gone. Cause tech's been an absolute bloodbath this year. Right? So if I had gotten one of those jobs thinking, okay, cool. Consulting was hard. I'm going to like attach myself to this startup. There is the hundred million bucks. It's like the safe Harbor. I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to grow. I would have been laid off. I would have been sitting there five months later, just as frustrated as I was before. So when you talk about resiliency, I think that there, there absolutely is a ton of resiliency that you need to be your own boss and to be independent. And I tell that to people who come to me, I have people come to me saying, Hey man, how do I do what you do? I'm like, dude, you just got to be able to, you got to be able to make business happen. You have to be able to source your own deals, close your own deals, create your own product service offerings, but you also got to have a lot of cojones and, uh, be able to withstand the tough times. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you didn't forget to subscribe and share so that we can help more people transform the way they sell.